0: Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action.
1: everyone and welcome I'm Miriam Knight and we have a interesting departure from our normal format today we have a wonderful guest by the name of Janie Beauclair Janie is known as the clairvoyant gourmet Janie is a rare 5c clairvoyant and we're going to find out exactly what that is later in the show but she tends to connect with uh, people and spirit through food. That is the reason for her name. And we're going to explore all of the applications of her gifts. And I'm delighted to welcome her. Welcome, Janie. Thank you so much. Janie. What a Do pleasure you. to be on yeah, your show. You Hi. Well, it's a pleasure <laughs> to have you, particularly as we all sort of whet our taste buds for the coming Thanksgiving holiday
2: beautifully. Um, said. Jenny,
1: I mentioned <laughs> that <laughs> I mentioned that you are a 5C clairvoyant.
2: Now, yeah. what does that mean? Well, your, uh, your typical person who has the ability to connect usually can connect through two of their senses. They usually have strong intuition, and they usually have a very strong feeling of knowingness. Um, And for me, what happens is I have all kinds of other senses that connect. Um, I am able to not only have that sense of knowingness and that feeling, but I get uh, clear smells and aromas. I get clear taste, Um, I can hear clearly what's happening on the other side, what they're saying to me. Um, And I can see pictures and visions that they're showing me, mental images, so that I can see exactly the details of certain events or certain places that spirit or relatives want to convey to those here on earth. So it's the five senses are all very active for me and allow me to get some really detailed information from the other side.
1: I'll bet they do. I don't often hear of people with all of these different senses activated. Have you always been like this? When, how did it develop?
2: Well, I was clairvoyant um, from a very young age, uh, recognized it, Um, as young as six when I started realizing that I was different from the other kids. Um, But the the extra senses like the taste and the smell didn't really start playing heavily into readings and working with people until after college age, uh, early 30s, and in the last few years, the taste has become really, really strong, where I can literally, when I'm talking to someone and they talk about a a certain food recipe, I can actually taste what it tastes like and explain it to the person that I'm speaking with. So um, they've really progressed over the years, and now we're at a point where everything is on high alert, where um, I can really, like, I can feel things in my stomach. Like, I can feel when someone says they are sick And they want to explain to their relative who's crossed what the sickness is and how can food help them to heal um, i can give real detail on what exactly is happening in the person here on earth so that we can get clear answers from those on the other side so it's uh it's definitely become more fine-tuned over the years but it has been there all along Well, this is kind of the age of
1: specialization, so it sounds like you have been carving out a fascinating niche for yourself.
2: Um, Well, you know, it all came about about through love, I have to say, um, through recognizing how much food has had an impact on people's life in a loving way. And when you connect people to those that they've loved that have crossed over, those that have crossed over seem to always want to bring in a food memory as in a certain meal that had certain family members there or a certain event that surrounded, you know, uh, took place at the kitchen table or uh, uh, certain time frames in life. Uh, Perhaps you were making cookies with grandma when you were 10 or, or a marker of some sort. And so it was really about all the love that kept coming through surrounding food in the kitchen that drove me into this path um, because it fascinated me and it made me realize how much love circles food and how that is really a beautiful place to reconnect with those that you've you've lost
1: i think that's such an important message janie because with the pressures of modern life, I think more and more or fewer and fewer people are actually spending time in the yeah. kitchen and cooking. and And when you think about it, our memories of holidays and, and are so intimately associated with foods. Uh, right? This is a great a great case in point as we come up to the Thanksgiving holiday.
2: Absolutely. You know, and I had a, a a granddaughter who was reaching out to her grandparents and great-grandparents, and they had such an amazing message for this little girl. And the young lady was in her 20s, and, and the grandmother and great-grandmother had said, you know, you're in a fast-paced world now, and you're in a drive-through world now where you're getting your food in, in different means than when they were raised. Mm-hmm. But they Mm -hmm. said to her, drive through where you want to go and pick up your food, but take it home and sit around the table with the family to eat it. And that was their modern Mm -hmm. twist on how to bring that back in to um, a a practice. You know, if you're still going to drive through and get your food, great. But eat it at home with the family and take that social time. Take the time to be able to share and bond you know, your daily life, your new life, what's going on in your day, um, even though you're still you're in a modern time and things are done differently. So I felt that that was a really beautiful message and a reminder for her to not let go of that special family bond that happens around mealtime.
1: Oh, I just love that. That is such an important message. So yeah. um, is there...
2: I lost. Are you there? Yeah. This is Janie.
1: I'm here, yeah, the, my my phone. okay. I heard it is there. Um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here.
2: the, left- I can hear
1: on the radio. Oh, great. Okay, Janie, uh, I'm sorry for that interruption. So is I was asking if um, you just use the sense of taste or do you use other senses
2: when you're associating with food in the psychic realm? Well, I actually use all the senses in that realm. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, they'll show me a picture of either the family all gathered around the table. And so I'll see the image of the actual event that took place that they're trying to describe. Or they'll show me a, a, a visual of the meal that they're trying to describe. Or if it's a recipe, they'll show me the visual of this is what it looks like and this is how I'm doing it. So I'll get like a video mm-hmm. version, if you will, on the step-by-step, play-by-play. So definitely the visual happens. I always get the aroma. I always get the taste. And uh, a lot of times I'll get the, the feeling of happiness or the sensations um, in my body of how happy everybody was at the table or in the kitchen or you know, whatever that scenario was. So I really use mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. of the senses uh, because I get it in different pieces and parts throughout the whole conversation. So, give me an
1: example of how one of these interactions uh, plays out.
2: Sure. Sure. I'm going to give you a couple examples that are very different from each other, okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. A young lady had been given up for adoption, uh, and so she never met her mother. And uh, she wanted to reconnect with her mother because she was ill. She was going to be crossing on herself soon, and she didn't know whether she would recognize her mom or not. And so that was the purpose of her connection initially. Well, we connected Uh her with her mom. They had a beautiful, loving conversation, and the mother explained all the detail of, you know, the whys and the whats and the hows of, of why decisions were made. And what came through that was the favorite things that the mother loved, and part of that was food. And so the mother talked about how she ate so many lemons while she was pregnant and how she loved these little lemon squares and how she used to eat everything, everything, everything lemon. And so I'm tasting lemon and I'm seeing lemonade and I'm seeing lemon pies and I'm seeing lemon squares and lemon cookies and lemon this and lemon that, right? And so I'm explaining this mm-hmm. to the young lady and she says, oh my, she says, you know, I love lemons and she says that's got to be where that comes from because I she turned out to be a baker and her number one selling item was lemon squares and so for her it was the connection of I had to have gotten this from my mother because I've been you know a fan of lemons my whole life to the degree where I'm a pastry chef and I make lemon squares so that was a really beautiful realization for her um, and it connected the two of them. And, and she's in her late 70s now. And she, at the end of the reading, said to me, I know that I will recognize my mom when I cross over now. She'll be the one holding the lemon squares. <laughs> so that was a really beautiful, right? It's really cute. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And then another gentleman reached out to me. And he wanted a recipe for a meal that his mother used to make him when he was a boy and his mother had died young. And the, the meal was something I had never heard of. Um, and I, I don't even know if I'm gonna say it right, but I think it was called MELT, M-E-L-T-Z or M-I-L-T-Z. And mm-hmm. so this was a type of a meat that the mother used to stuff. So the gentleman said, have you ever heard of this? And I said, no, no, I haven't. And all of a sudden I get the visual Of the body part of a cow that this was and it wasn't your typical you know the liver or the heart or the things that we're aware of it was another yeah is that what it is Uh uh-huh
1: yeah that's fascinating well that's the signal for our station (laughs) break but Right. We will be right back with Janie Beauclair, the clairvoyant gourmet. Stay with us, and remember you can call in.
0: Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio, iOm FM. Humanity Healing International is a small nonprofit with a big dream. Since 2007, HHI has been working tirelessly to bring help to communities with little or no hope. Our projects are not broad mandates, nor are they overnight solutions, but they bring the reassurance that no one is alone and that someone cares. To learn more, please visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is.
2: Hi everyone, this is Shay Parker, the host of Best of the Best, which airs live right here on IOM Radio every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific.
1: I'm super excited to bring you expert guest hosts, spiritual discussions,
2: free psychic readings, and so much more. I can promise that you will not want to miss this one-of-a-kind, fun, yet-touching, down-to-earth show. Join us every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on OTRFM. This is Shay Parker, and I can't wait to see you there. I'm Fidel Mshombo. I was born in a city called the Bukavu in the Congo. We were
1: a loving family. And then, boom, everything that I had
2: disappeared in a single day. People think that when you are a refugee, and they resettled you to America and all your problems are done. They don't understand that that's the beginning of everything. I was not born a refugee. I was made one.
1: It's time we welcome refugee families with open
2: arms. Learn more at embracerefugees.org brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: And we are back with our friend and the delightful clairvoyant gourmet, Jenny Beauclair. Uh, you know, Jenny. I was just thinking about milts. It's actually beef spleen, and yes, it's, that's it's exactly what it was. Characteristic of that's right. Jewish cooking. Absolutely. Okay. So, finish the story. What happened?
2: So she showed me what you know what the body part was that that they were taking from the cow, and she went through the description of how. Uh, you peel the skin off of it, and then you cut it in half, and you put – stuff it with a variety of different vegetables, and her seasoning she would rub it with, and how she would wrap it up and put it in the oven. And for me, never have known what that item was or never have eaten it before, I suddenly got the taste of what the meal tasted like, and it was nothing I had ever tasted before. So for me, it was like, wow, okay. Now I understand. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a surprise <laughs> for my taste buds because they had never experienced that. And usually, you know, I'll taste things like somebody's version of their chocolate chip cookie or their brownies or their spaghetti sauce or whatever it is. Oh, <laughs> for me to was taste a surprise. that. Thing, it was quite a surprise. <laughs> and it was quite <laughs> delicious. And I got to say, if somebody had offered me that at a restaurant, I probably wouldn't have tried it. <laughs> but. In this method I had no choice (laughs) Um, so I got a nice big taste of it but um, it, it was just a beautiful thing for this gentleman when I explained to him exactly you know how she was making it he had been making it but couldn't figure out certain pieces and parts to it and he had been trying to duplicate his mother's recipe for years and so she brought him the ability to now complete the missing pieces so that he could make the recipe and share it with his children because it was something that he loved as a boy. So I thought that was a really special yes. and unique uh, experience in food. Uh, yesterday, I yeah, it. Yesterday, I I, had sorry, I was just going to say that it's a
1: kind av- of shame. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. Uh, I, I was had just going to say it's rather who- a shame that we have. <laughs> Uh okay I'm gonna be quiet (laughs) (laughs) Jamie over to you
2: thank you Um, there was somebody yesterday who wanted a meatball recipe from their mother um, because they had been making meatballs for over 20 years now and all the rest of the relatives go nope doesn't taste like mom's nope you still don't have it nope you still don't have it and she didn't want to go through another holiday hearing nope doesn't taste like mom's yet and so her whole request was can you please ask my mom what it is that I'm missing and when the mother came through and told her what it was uh, she this young lady was just jumping for joy she says this will be the best holiday I've had in 20 years where my family won't be able to say to me nope you don't have it
1: (laughs) what was the the missing ingredient
2: She made her own garlic powder and so what she would do is chop up garlic she'd put it in olive oil on a cookie sheet and she'd bake it in the oven at 350 and she'd do that for like five minutes until it got kind of crunchy and then she'd push it Uh through a sifter with a spoon and make powder out of it and so that's what she was doing was her own garlic powder her fresh made garlic powder with olive oil that's what was missing wow yeah I was going.
1: I was going to say earlier that we in our in modern cooking, you know, and in modern supermarkets, don't eat organ meats the way we used to, and it's a pity because they are so full of vitamins and minerals. So right. getting the know, old recipes from grandma and mother is really great.
2: Well, and something that's been really interesting, um, I'm putting together a cookbook of these old recipes that I've received, that I've channeled in, and. I'm doing it in two versions. I'm doing here's the actual recipe that I received, but here's how you would mm-hmm. convert it to be able to make it in now. And, you know, now modern times, because a lot of the stuff you can't even get anymore. You know, quite a few things were made so, with lard. Lard's not easy to find anymore. <laughs> and, you know, it's not mm-hmm. as healthy as we'd like to be. So. And I also have a a real dear friend of mine who is a a gluten recipe expert, and she's converting those old recipes into a gluten-free version for me. So going through that process made me realize how many things they were cooking with and how differently they were cooking back then. I had a young lady that came in from the 1600s with a recipe. Uh, She was nine generations back. For this for this gal and she came through with a recipe and a lot of the things she was saying I didn't know how to say so she was spelling it in letters for me so I could spell it for the young lady because I had never heard of these types of ingredients before and so then you go okay so how do you make that now because not only have you never heard of this but you can't even find it it's not even available anymore So it's been it's been a really uh, eye opening experience to see the differences between how people cooked hundreds of years ago versus how we cook today and and the differences in what we actually have available to us.
1: Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to read your cookbook. It sounds like it's uh, going to be a real, real winner. Um, When do you expect to have it out?
2: I'm hoping to have it out by February. We're literally—I wanted to wait till after the holidays because I'm doing so many connecting, you know, sessions over the holidays that I knew that I'd be getting mm-hmm. some beautiful holiday recipes, and so I wanted to make sure that I could add those in as well. So I want to wait till after Christmas and New Year's go by, and then have that be my cutoff, and then go ahead and put the book out. Um, I just think there's so many so- special holiday in so many different countries that it was worth holding off to include things like that.
1: Couldn't agree more. So if people want to check up on it, where would they go? Do you have a website?
2: I do. My website is called theclairvoyantgourmet.com. And there's a lot of information on the, the clairvoyant or clairvoyant. Either one will take you there. Oh, uh-huh. good so, um, and there's some other interesting information on there that I've learned from doing readings uh, related to food and that's how food works with your chakras to clear the energy systems in your body to help you connect to spirit or make your intuition sharper or to understand your messages that you're getting more clearly and so I have a section on my website also about how to feed your chakras to connect to spirit, which is another interesting thing, and it's something that I 100% learned from doing these readings and, and connecting with food.
1: Well, that's kind of interesting because people are so different in their body chemistry and makeup. So is it individual for a particular person, or does it, is it quite general per chakra?
2: well both it's general per chakra as in certain chakras are connected to certain organs in your body and everybody is the same in that regard but the amount of uh issue going on in each individual body is always different so someone might need one chakra you know paying attention to because certain organs are not working as great as they could be and someone else might need completely different chakra attention. So in the regard Mm -hmm. that there's seven chakras located in your body, they go from your pelvis to the top of your head, straight down the center of your body. And so in the regard that each chakra in everybody's body, each handle the same organs and the same systems, that stays the same for everyone. The food that you feed each chakra stays the same for everyone, but the attention that you might need in your body versus I might need in my body is going to be different. And you'll see what that is when you start looking over. I have a little chart on there that shows this chakra handles these organs or systems, blood systems, nervous systems, whatever. And these are the foods that go along with giving it nutrition, nourishment. And so when you look Mm -hmm. at that, you'll know instantly, ah, that's where I need to be paying attention. So I need to add these foods into my diet. Um, I had a young lady yesterday, I was explaining to her that your crown chakra is associated with white food. And she says, white food? What food is white? And so I started to name her onions and garlic and parsnip. And there's a ton of white food once you start to look at it. And she says to me, that explains why all of a sudden I started eating mushrooms. And I said, yes, you've been eating white mushrooms. And she said, yeah. So it made a correlation for her to go, now I know my body was craving things in the white department to handle this chakra, which happens to be associated with the the organs that I'm having an issue with. So it brought a full circle Hmm. understanding for her. And that's the intention. So that's is, the intention I
1: have by it. Is the color of the food associated with the normal colors that one associates with the chakras? So, you know, indigo exactly. for the third eye and blue? Oh.
2: Exactly. Bad. Exactly. But there are uh-huh. some unique twists. Like the third eye also likes chocolate and coffee and brown things. So there's there's two oh, things. My for the third, third eye
1: loves coffee.
2: And you probably love chocolate <laughs> actually not so much um, yeah it's dark chocolate is actually uh, I had a young lady who was asking me if I could help figure out what was going on with her why she couldn't sleep and I said to her well instantly I get that you have headaches across your forehead and I get that they're tension headaches and she says yes that's right and I said uh, if you look at your third eye your third eye is what works closely with the uh, systems that would excel or propel attention headache. So if you look at that third eye uh, description of food, you might see something in there that you know excites you that you'd be willing to throw into your diet and see if you can correct that situation. And so with her, it was coffee and dark chocolate that resonated the most. And um, so she was going to infuse that into her diet more and see if she could make that shift.
1: Great. Well, that's our break. If you want to call in during the second half, our number is 202-570-7057, and you can speak to the Clairvoyant Gourmet. We'll be right back.
0: Free Your Mind with OM Times Radio. IOM FM.
1: ascending hearts is no ordinary dating site but a spiritual dating site with a purpose to link you with your soulmate we engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you ascending hearts the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware try ascending hearts for free ascendinghearts.com Grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and tune in for Inspired Conversations with publisher Linda Joy on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Linda creates sacred space for leading female luminaries, empowering authors, heart centered female entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. A soulful venue where guests openly share the fears and obstacles they've overcome, wisdom and lessons learned, and the personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world inspired conversations to empower you on your path to authentic soulful living
0: Sparky the Fire Dog here. Make sure your family has a fire escape plan, and they practice it twice a year. One important thing to practice is get low and go. If you see or smell smoke, it's important to get low and go. Protect your family from fire. For more information, visit sparky.org. We want to keep you, your family, and your community safer from fire. This message brought to you by the National Fire Protection Association and your local fire department. Visit sparky.org.
1: Welcome back, we're speaking with Janie Beauclair about her skills and talents as a clairvoyant gourmet. So Janie, the correspondence between the, the foods and the chakras, um, it, I can understand where if people have certain, you know, deficiencies or or conditions in their body, um, they might need certain foods, but can you turn it around? Can you, for example, feed your, your mind or your third eye or feed your heart by eating certain
2: foods? Absolutely, and that's the whole point of, of putting this information on my website, is to empower you to be able to uh, heal if your body needs healing, or uh, correct an issue if your body's having an issue or just become healthier and stronger and clearing your energy path you know our bodies are made up of energy as much as they're made up of water and so when your energy trail as in all your chakras have some blockage to them your body doesn't function well you might have subtle little silly things you might have a toe that aches you might have you know an elbow that's sore and go you can look at your chakras and you can determine what it is that you're lacking in your diet and what handles those pieces and parts of your body to make the corrections that you need. And your average person mm. can put the, the proper uh, dosage, if you will, of food for every one of your seven chakras in one day's worth of food. They're not so far-fetched where you'd have to eat a dump truck full of you know stuff in order to correct something you can literally feed all seven chakras every single day and when you do that you are literally clearing up any things that are happening things that may be on the edge of happening um, issues that you may have had you know long term that uh, you'll see start to see some turnaround. Uh, it's scientifically proven that when you eat for your chakras you can make significant changes in your body.
1: This is sort of like what they recommend as eating the rainbow? Yeah, yeah, eating very much like that. Eating the rainbow of colors during the day. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and it's interesting presumably, a lot of things. a lot of things you don't expect to be on the list. As in, we were talking about white things. Well, potatoes are white. They're brown on the outside. They're white inside. Or they're red on the outside. Or they're purple or whatever, right? Potato chips uh-huh. are not bad if you do not have a thousand of them. They're, they all fall in the category of the white food. And, yes, by all means, have some. You know, if things are great in moderation and not great when you overdo it. So there's a lot of things on the list that you you can totally eat, and it doesn't make you feel like you're dieting because they're good for you. It's how Mm -hmm. much of each thing you do, you know, that's outside the box. Somebody asked me about vanilla ice cream yesterday, and the vanilla (laughs) bean is actually brown. So that's a third eye product. So, yeah, it's fine to have vanilla ice cream. Just don't have a gallon every time you sit down, you know um you just mm-hmm. have to do it in moderation and, and recognize that uh not everything is considered junk a lot of these things that people say oh you shouldn't eat that is because we tend to eat too much of that
1: yes everything in balance mhm it's uh it's a bit of a challenge finding balance in one's life and i guess something like this could really help uh
2: fill in the gaps well, and it's interesting that you get... use the word. It's interesting you use the word balance because uh, a, a young lady that called in on a show recently said to me, "I'm trying to find the balance to put myself back on track um, in my weight." And she said, "I've been off track because mentally I've been out of balance, as in I've had mm-hmm. so many things going on in my life." That I've resorted to eating in order to, you know, be comfort food and to not think about the issues, and now I find that I have to find a balance between working through my issues and feeding my body appropriately and properly. And one thing that I was explaining to her that happened for me when I started the shift years ago of uh, eating more to feed my chakras than. To satisfy my hungry belly uh, I started to lose a good amount of weight and not because I was trying to because I wasn't trying to but my body regulated itself it put myself back to the weight that my body should have been at and so your your chakras by feeding your chakras you'll your body will balance and regulate itself all on its own because it's receiving what it wants and what it needs in order to work for your own body most efficiently well I think the
1: fundamental thing here is to actually tune into your body and determine what it really needs rather than what you just happen to have a yen for at the moment
2: and it's real interesting how easy it is to tune into your body when you look at the chart when you look at the little chart that I have your brain will tell you in an instant what it is that you need for yourself because our brains mm-hmm. know these things, we just don't tend to listen to them. <laughs> um, but <laughs> when you look at the chart, you'll, you'll absolutely go, oh, there's where my issue is right there. Okay, I need to eat more things that are red, more raspberries or strawberries or tomatoes or um, uh, pomegranate or whatever it is. Um, and the cool thing okay. is you can pick whatever it is you like out of those categories. As in, if you're a fan of raspberries, then your red food, your red zone needs more attention, then eat a gazillion raspberries. You don't have to eat red peppers if you don't like red peppers. Eat something else that's red. There's a million things in the category. Do you see what I mean? So you get to the, luxury of, all energy. Like. Right. Mm-hmm. Get the luxury of picking Right. Right. You get
1: the luxury
2: of picking you Yes, absolutely. And again,
1: the... The uh, website is clairvoyantgourmet, or the clairvoyantgourmet.com. Correct. So when you get your information, are you speaking with spirit guides, with particular guides
2: who come to you regularly? I do have particulars that come regularly, um, and, and I speak to a lot of family members that uh, are either at the request of someone specific or people that I have never met and never have known uh, will come through and give me guidance and when I'm asking for uh, guidance or conversation usually how I ask is I say I'm asking my spirit guides my angels and any friends in heaven to come through and teach me about my chakras or about my Um, A specific organ or about whatever it is that I need to know Um, the spirit Mm -hmm. guides that come through the most often for me are Archangel Michael uh, comes through quite regularly and the mother Mary comes through quite regularly and uh, other than that it's a lot of people who have crossed over um, and every once in a while it's somebody you know that blows me away like Buddha or some (laughs) Somebody on a very large worldly scale, you know, uh, plane that will pop in with some advice. That, you know, it's depending on what am I asking for, you know, what is mm-hmm. the situation that's surrounding me or that I'm in, um, as to who comes through with the guidance. I think a lot of people
1: have experienced suddenly smelling something that evokes a memory in them. Is smell particularly common as a means for the other side to get in touch with this side?
2: Well, I I have a really great opinion about that because I've been asked that quite a bit because we on earth definitely understand the relationship between smell and memory. And how I view it is our brains are so talented that they associate memory with smell and taste. So when you think about a memory from you know a time past, you generally can smell that meal or what was happening at that time, whether it's a meal, whether it's a certain flower or a plant or somebody's perfume or whatever it is. And when it's a food, you, you can usually always taste it as well. So our brain kind of marries our scent and our taste to our memory automatically and I think that that those kind of come as a trifecta uh, with the memory bank when you're thinking about family uh, parties or you know uh, uh, somebody said to me recently they were thinking about the wine that their grandfather used to make and as soon as he was telling me about the wine he goes oh my god I can taste it right now and I said Mm -hmm. he probably can smell it too and he says yes actually I can And so that's a great example of when our brain goes back to a certain memory, usually what comes along with that memory is the scent and the aroma and the taste. I think it's a package deal.
1: (laughs) Well, anybody who has had a cold knows that uh, when they can't smell, they can't taste either.
2: Right. So and they usually don't want to think about sense. memories at that time, either. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
1: I'm curious, can you just call this in on request, on, on, on demand, as they say? For example, yes. um, if, if I, since we don't have a caller's, how would you give me a reading?
2: Well, uh, there's, there's a lot of different answers for that, so I'm going to give you a general one. Um, if you were to come to me and say, Janie, I want to connect with so-and-so, we would ask so-and-so to come through and talk to us. If you had specific mm-hmm. questions you wanted to ask them, we would ask them for the question. We'd ask them the questions and they would re- you know, give us an answer if it was a food related something and you wanted to get a certain recipe we'd specifically say we're interested in finding out the details of how you made this particular meal and then we'd receive those so it is very on demand Um, i've not ever had anyone not come through with the information uh, that we requested Hmm. okay
1: Well, we might uh, explore this in the next and final segment. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Janie Beauclair, the Clairvoyant Gourmet at clairvoyantgourmet.com.
0: Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio, your conscious lifestyle on steroids.
2: Join me, Maggie Chula, on Mondays at noon Eastern for Mastermind with Maggie. Let's work together in a mastermind. We can resolve life's problems and create goals for the future, build action steps empowering you to create your life in partnership with your divine source of light, your soul. Manifesting your goals can be simple and easy, so come with your problems and leave with a plan. The Akashic Master Teachers and I are waiting to help you.
0: Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. I burnt everything.
1: And we are back with Janie Beauclair. Janie, during the break, I got a message from Chris, who can't call in at the moment, but he wanted to know the details of his great uncle Eddie's Thanksgiving whiskey sour recipe. And uh, this is Chris, who is uh, part of our network. Can you connect for him? Absolutely.
2: Okay, let's ask Uncle Woo-hoo. Eddie to show up for here. <laughs> um And I have to say, it's the first time I've been asked for a uh, alcohol drink, so this should be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you get to taste okay, it. <laughs> and not catch a buzz. That would be good. <laughs>
1: okay. Nothing wrong with a little
2: buzz. Okay, so we have Uncle Eddie with us here. And um, I'm getting that he started out with royal crown, crown royal. He's showing me a royal crown. Okay, so that's his symbol for getting me to crown royal. (laughs) Okay, so he made it with crown royal. And he had lemon juice, sugar, and he would even put an egg white in it. Okay, so um, he's showing, and he he put a maraschino cherry on top. So, what he's showing me is that he would use the, he would put in the crown royal, and he always put more than a shot. Um, And he laughs at that, Uncle Eddie. He said, (laughs) he laughs at that saying, (laughs) because everyone should have more than a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, he would put, pretty much he didn't really measure anything uh, other than the sugar he did put a spoonful of sugar a teaspoonful of sugar and he's saying that that was really for the ladies um, because a lot of them couldn't handle the the strength of it so he would make it a little sweeter for the girls so he would put Mm -hmm. his crown royal in then he'd put a dash of lemon juice and he shows me that he just tips the bottle very lightly and gives it just a little splash he would put a teaspoon of sugar, and he would put an egg white, as in not the yellow part, but the, the white itself. And he would do this, um, in when he did use the egg white, he would usually do four parts, as in he would do four shots, uh, four spoons, you know, four of everything, and he would do that in the blender. Um, and when he does the uh, egg white, he says it's really important that you do it in a blender because you can't really mix it enough within one glass to get it to do what you need you need it to do but what that did was Mm -hmm. it gave it a very um, uh, sparky is what he's saying a sparky taste Um, it had a lot of zest to it and sometimes he would take the lemon um, the lemon itself he's showing me he would go around the edge of the glass with the lemon, and he would either put sugar or salt on the rim when he was looking to make you know, a fancier version. And it looks like he developed all kinds of different versions of this, uh, and he was quite good at it, and that's probably why this gentleman remembers it so well. Um, he does show me another version where he put a uh, orange twist in it, and he made it with um, uh, what is this? Let's see. It looks like it's a syrup instead of an egg. Um, let me see if I can get more detail here. Okay, so he used a bourbon and some lemon again. Oh, it's it's uh, caro syrup. Isn't that interesting? And he would garnish it with um, an orange instead of lemon, and he still would put a cherry inside. Did he use orange juice? Let's see. Yeah, just a dash. Instead of the lemon juice like he was doing the lemon juice in the other one, he's just doing a dash, Mm -hmm. like just a little tip into the glass. Um, and this he was doing oh he's you know why he's showing me this because this you can do in a glass you don't have to do times four in in a blender Mm -hmm. so this he was actually doing in a glass and he was putting it on the rocks so it looks like he made them both ways where sometimes he would put it on the rocks and other times it would be a little bit thicker from the blender and the blender version is the one that he would put the egg white in and the, on the rocks version is the one where he would put a little bit of caro of syrup in it. And that's the sweet part that would replace the sugar in the blender version. Very interesting.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we've got our cosmic bartender on tap.
2: <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we thank you so much Um, for reaching out. And just FYI, Chris, um, your Uncle Eddie would just like to share his love with you for the holiday. Um, He's sending you kisses and hugs and a lot of love and very appreciative that you're thinking about him, not only in this way, but just in general. So I just want to pass that on to you also.
1: Very nice. Very nice so we don't have too much time left i wanted to ask you about your previous book janie you had a really interesting Mm -hmm. book um about angels tell us about it
2: well i wrote a book called i'm living with angels and it's conversations with those who have crossed over but it's not the actual readings that i've done with people that i felt was important it was the messages that we receive from the other side On more of a guidance level than the actual reading you know with the person involved because I've learned a lot of very worldly very broad messages from the other side just like earlier when we were talking about the grandmother and great-grandmother who said to the great-granddaughter Um, You can still go through the drive-through and get your food, but don't forget to bring it back home and share the experience with the family because the love Mm -hmm. and the family time is really important and keeping that intact. So it's a lot of those types of messages that I've received through readings that I've done for people. Um, And something very interesting in there, there's a lot of food conversation, obviously, but there's also some real interesting cases that I've worked with different police departments on. And uh, I've worked with uh, people who have come out of prison and connected them to those who they uh, were not necessarily good to, who have crossed over and and helped them to get forgiveness for some of the things that they may have done. And there's been a lot of lessons there when you connect to somebody who uh, has been wronged Severely, and their ability to give forgiveness freely to the person who wronged them is quite an eye-opener on a human level. And so there's a lot of really amazing experiences um, in the book that go from food to a variety of other things, um, of readings that have happened over the many years. But it's really about life's lessons from the other side. And those who have crossed over Mm -hmm. are full, full, full of wisdom. And so what they share with us is just amazing. It's interesting whether
1: they get a kind of instant uh, graduation into elderhood or wisdomhood when they pass over if they haven't been quite that wise in life. How does that work, do you think?
2: Well, I've gotten a few few connections in that realm where I had real detailed explanation of what happened from the moment they closed their eyes to the moment they realized they were in heaven or on the other side, wherever you want to consider it to be. Um, and I've gotten a lot of detail on the steps that had to be taken uh, in order to get to their transformed self. And from what I from what I understand, um, there's a lot of life review that happens, and you not only review the bad things you did in life, and the bad things could be calling someone a bad name when they when you were five years old. It could be as little as that, but also reviewing all the great things that you did in your life, and it's being shown the spiritual balance between what you did good, what you did bad, and how you were as a human on a whole. And for me, that was a real eye-opener, and I talk a lot about that in my book. Um, but the, the the steps that you take in order to come to a point where forgiveness comes freely, it takes a little bit of work. You do have to look at every day in the life of your existence on earth and assess how you feel about who you were as a human. And in that process, you not only get forgiveness for yourself, you forgive yourself for things you might have done that were not, you know, so beautiful. But you also learn to freely forgive those who surrounded you that may have not done the nicest of things. And so that was Mm -hmm. a real eye-opener for me.
1: One of the things that I have understood from other people, is that when you have the life review, you also see your life from the perspective of everybody you interacted with. So I'm sure that's an additional eye opener. Well, we're coming to the end of the show, Janie. Uh, And I'm wondering if you have a message that you would like to leave with our listeners at this time.
2: I absolutely would love to because I've been getting such a strong message over this holiday and not, not everyone in the world celebrates Thanksgiving Day, but I do understand that everyone in the world is at a certain time celebrating being thankful for those who are around them, for the experiences that they've had in life, and for the ability to be able to have new experiences every day. To be thankful. Lovely.
1: Well, and I am thankful that you were with us today. We've been speaking with <laughs> Janie Beauclair, well. the Clairvoyant Gourmet at ClairvoyantGourmet.com. Thank you so much, Janie. Thank you. And Have do a good day. you too. Join us next week. Have a wonderful holiday. I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Goodbye.